0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country. Along with Chris Candy, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. Eagles last night beat Minnesota 34-28. Eagles still don't look great on offense in terms of their passing game. You have Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown on the sideline kind of talking it up there. Awesome game by DeAndre Swift. They're running back 28 carries, 175 yards, and a touchdown. And Minnesota four turnovers, including three in the first half. Kirk Cousins, though, numerically had four touchdowns and no picks, so you would think you would win that game. Obviously, we're down big. He has the pass coming back. The big storyline that we have had is that turning point of the game, down 10-7. has the ball. They're driving. Justin Jefferson is going to try to reach out for a touchdown, fumbles the ball out of the end zone, and the most ridiculous, awful rule in all of sports is called that if an offensive player fumbles it out forward in the end zone, that the defensive team then garners possession without ever having possession at the 20-yard line or with touchback and it's the most ridiculous rule it makes absolutely no sense you can't fumble the ball forward except when you can lose the ball fumbling it forward out of bounds great win for philadelphia in terms of playing poorly and winning on yeah. offense yeah. second straight week new england and then and then minnesota yeah and minnesota is now a team where we're going to keep an eye on as if they're not good expiring contract at the quarterback position almost nba trade style you got a star you may not re-sign them you're out of the playoff mix what do you do Trade him in season.
2: Yeah, we've never seen anything like this. Never. Like, I, I, like, Kirk Cousins could potentially be moved because he is on an expiring contract, and it only makes sense that Minnesota gets something for him rather than letting him walk out of the door for a compensatory pick that would probably be a third-rounder. But going back to last night's game, that play to Justin Jefferson at the end of the first half, that was absolutely critical. That decided the game. That was a 10-point swing because not only do you get the seven points for the Minnesota Vikings, but you give – three points to the Philadelphia Eagles on the Jake Elliott field goal as time expired in the first half. That is an absolutely ridiculous rule in the NFL competition committee. They need to look at that because there's got to be a better solution. Like If the offense fumbles the ball and the defense doesn't recover it in the field of play, the offense gets to keep the ball. Why would we change that once we get to the end zone Makes no sense. in plus territory for the offense? That That is an absolutely ridiculous rule. Rule, it makes no sense at all.
3: No, it doesn't. Do you
2: think <laughs> that, at all. <laughs> Smiles is like deadpan. No, it doesn't. No, it does What, what do
3: argument you, is there? there People, I was say, to be I saying. don't have an argument against it. Do you yeah. think that the NFL, like this more, they're always trying to better the product? Sure. They're always trying to continue to evolve. Yeah. Um, do you think that this morning these are conversations that they're having no, at the league probably office? not. No, probably
1: not. Because you know why? We've seen this in bigger games. We saw this in a playoff game with the Cleveland Browns a couple yeah. of years ago. Like, we've seen this smalls in bigger games. That's usually the time when they make those switches, right? Overtime rules, the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah. Everybody's screaming and yelling. They didn't like it. They make But when it happens
2: then. in Chiefs Browns in the playoffs nobody really cares. Right. Well, that's,
1: <laughs> and, and lesser what happens on the with the Eagles and the Vikings on Thursday night football yeah. when they everybody knows the Eagles are a better team. Anyway, listen, I don't you guys know already. I'm not a big presenter problem without a solution. So here's yep. the solution. If the ball is inside the 20-yard line and you fumble it out of bounds, it reverts back to the 20-yard line. Yep. If it's outside the 20-yard line and you fumble it out of ba- or out of the end zone, It's an incompletion. You get the ball back at that yard line, and it's a a loss of down. Second down, you're throwing it in the end zone. He fumbles it out. Okay, incompletion. Now we're at third down at the line of scrimmage, whatever that was, 31-yard line. Not hard.
2: Not a bad solution. I don't know what the right answer is, but here's the thing. I don't want the controversy of that rule to gloss over the Fact that DeAndre Swift had a day last night. Yeah, he did. And, and that's the identity that the Eagles need to lean into because this is a guy that only had two touches in the week before against the New England Patriots. And Nick Sirianni said that that would never happen again. And he gave that guy 28 touches, and DeAndre Swift rewarded him with 175 yards rushing. Overall, the Philadelphia Eagle 48 rush attempts for 259 yards, 5.4 yards per carry. What was the number I told you, rushes plus completions? It was 50, right? 50. They had 66 rushes plus completions last night. That is a formula for success. Now, they do have some things they need to clean up in the passing game, but they got the personnel to do it between Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard. I am a little bit concerned about how Jalen Hurts is seeing the field with Brian Johnson, his new play caller, in his year. So I think there is a learning curve for both of those two in terms of getting the offense back on track. But with the raw elements that the Eagles have around their offensive line, their running game, this team is going to be fine.
3: So the the Eagles found a way to win. They clearly the saw turno- The turnovers were a big part the of The Vikings it. helped them out, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they realized that the run game was working. They gave Smith the rock. He was able to exploit the Vikings. However, even though the Eagles have won two games – They look shaky. They don't look like the Eagles we expected them to look like. So where are you guys with that? Because not all wins are created equal.
2: No, not all wins are created equal. But I will say this, six turnovers, six takeaways – from that Eagles defense through the first two weeks. That that can be your saving grace early until your offense finds its footing. Some of them, to be fair, are just dumb plays
1: by New England and Minnesota. (laughs) I mean, I I haven't watched it. Now, to answer your question, are you worried about the Eagles? It depends what the rest of the division is doing. So if the Dallas Cowboys are the team that won 40 to nothing on Sunday night again this week, now the Jets obviously are without their quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. We're missing an angle to this Jets-Cowboys game that now we weren't thinking about until this week, and now we're not going to think about it at all. It was going to be McCarthy and Rodgers. That, that's now not happening. The McCarthy-Rodgers-Packer oh, yeah. reunion angle out the window with the Rodgers injury. But the Dallas Cowboys have an opportunity to go 2-0. and They should With that defense, they should be able to hold down Zach Wilson on that offense. We know the Jets' defense is really good. But to answer your question, Smalls, it all depends on the rest of the division. I'm not high on the Giants. Uh, CC's very high on the commanders but I think the Dallas Cowboys right now with a win this week and another win by double digit points will be looked at and they'll probably be in, in the CC power rankings next week as a top five team because you have two double digit wins to start a season mm-hmm. that's pretty
2: damn good no that's pretty impressive but this line in in the over under when it comes to point total for this Cowboys Jets game scares the hell out of me it started off at seven and a half now it's at nine and a half but we're talking about a 45%, 55% cash split between where people are betting ATS. So I, I don't know. This is really strange to me. I mean, you're talking about a point total over under of 38.5 and the Cowboys being favored by nine? It just seems a little rich. This could be one of those spots where the Cowboys could ultimately end up glossing over their opponent, not necessarily giving the New York Jets the respect they deserve. One thing we know about the Jets, their defense is going to give them a chance. And we saw that against the Buffalo Bills, right? Mm-hmm. When Aaron Rodgers went down, the offense looked terrible in the first half. The defense kept getting stop after stop after stop. They kept it as a relatively close game. It was a 10-point game at halftime. The offense comes out, gets points of field goal to start the half. In a way, we go with the Josh Allen turnovers so I will just say this Dak Prescott Cowboys offense be very careful that you don't give opportunities to an offense that would otherwise struggle with their backup quarterback Zach Wilson in well because clearly that was the formula that the Jets used on Monday night to ride to a win
1: so let's use your formula of 50 right rushing attempts plus completions right if I'm the Dallas Cowboys and I'm going up against Zach Wilson I'm telling Dak Prescott to get to the 50, you just need 15 to 20. We don't need 20 to 25. Tony Pollard's going to have a day. We're going to give him the ball a ton because we're not looking to turn the ball over here. So if you believe that that is the the telltale sign of a win, getting to 50, rushing attempts plus completions, I, I don't need that many completions. Who
2: are you running the ball against? Does that I, just I, defense? I, I don't care. Good, good freaking luck. I'm going to do that, it. That ain't going to happen. I'm going to do it. With Quinn Williams. that ain't going to happen. That ain't, you can do it. You can do it, but that's like right, running in, That's like running into a brick wall. That's not going to work. So maybe it's, a, it, maybe it's a, an adjustment in using the short passing game as an extension of the run game, playing basketball on grass, getting your playmakers in space. You have a better opportunity of CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, making guys miss in one-on-one situations and getting upfield to try to move the chains to try to keep your offense on schedule. But when you look at the inverse in what the Jets formula is, they're going to run the football. If the Dallas Cowboys defense has an Achilles heel, it's running the ball right at them. And if you're the New York Jets, that offensive line you have, they're a lot better going forward than they are going backwards. They proved that on Monday night. So why wouldn't you lean into that aspect of it and then pick and choose your opportunities to take shots with Zach Wilson in the vertical passing game to Garrett Wilson and company? To me, that has to be the Jets' game plan, their formula for success. But it doesn't work unless the Dallas Cowboys leave the Leave the door open, ergo give the New York Jets defense some takeaways. That's the only way that the Jets can win down in Dallas is if the Jets create turnovers on that Dallas Cowboys offense. Good for them. The Dallas Cowboys quarterback has had what thirty-five turnovers in the last thirty-two. Not this year. Did you listen to him this offseason? He had (laughs) one game. That's one game. But thirty-five turnovers in the last thirty-two games. Just putting that out there.
1: Yeah, I missed the McCarthy Rogers part of this. Like, it just hit me today. Like, yeah. I just missed that. The because like Rogers being hurt obviously is awful. I still think the Zach Wilson storyline is actually fascinating. Yeah. Because if he's good, we're all we're all spinning it as if he's bad. What if he's good? That that is actually really interesting because you did draft him top two in the draft. Not the defense for him to be good against, but nonetheless.
2: No, I'm with you on that one. But I think your game plan this week has to be to try to work around Zach Wilson, not sure. to feature Zach Wilson. Yeah,
3: you don't want to. Have him have to win the game. Nah, right?
2: hell no. Nah. No. You don't want to be in that situation. No. Not against that pass rush. And here's the thing. If you're talking about Zach Wilson dropping back 25, 30 times, good luck against Micah Parsons and company. Because they are going to find the fish on the offensive line. It could be Makai Vecton. It could be Dwayne Brown. It could be Lake We don't know. But what we do know is Dan Quinn is going to find the right matchup. And when the Dallas Cowboys let, uh, well, when the New York Giants double-teamed Micah Parsons, the other Dallas Cowboys guys feasted on Daniel Jones in terms of quarterback hits. I want to say they had nine quarterback hits when they doubled Micah Parsons' in their pass protection. So it's not as if the solution is as simple as doubling Michael Parsons to take away the Cowboys pass rush because they got so many guys that can get after it in one-on-one drop-back situations.
3: Talk about a baptism by fire if you're Zach Wilson. You get thrown into the game where you weren't expecting to play at all after four plays, mm-hmm. and then the next game where you're starting from start to finish is versus a Dallas Cowboys defense. Oh, you're going to learn today. you going to learn today. Yeah.
1: You know you're going to learn today. We're going to learn also one of the – sneaky storyline here what's that did the vikings get rid of dalvin cook because he made too much money or because they didn't think he could play anymore because when zach wilson is your quarterback you're gonna have to be a run first team Brees hall is coming off an injury even though he, great, he, he looks great obviously but they're gonna need both of them and is can dalvin cook be a guy for them i mean the vikings were very like no restructure no extension restructure just see ya goodbye well, here's the
2: here's the thing i love about dalvin cook with the jets you don't have to change your offense I mean Brees Hall is a good running back. Great he's good he's a really good running back. He, Let could, me say be that. Small he sample could be size great. He could be great. He's a really good running back. Yeah. And he's a really good receiver out of the backfield. Same thing with Dalvin Cook. You don't have to change your offense. Both of those guys can do that. Can Dalvin Cook come in and be a change of pace and spell Brees Hall so you don't put a ton of carriers on him early? Probably, but I have no doubts about what the Jets' running game could be, especially against the Dallas Cowboys, which is why they need to feature that. If you look at what happened in that second half, the Jets went two and three tight ends. A lot of those formations, Jeremy Ruckert, one of their blocking tight ends, their best blocking tight end, he was in the formation a lot. That has to be the formula for them to have success. Remember, the Dallas Cowboys drafted Mozzie Smith in the first round because they recognized that their run defense is sus, the Jets need to find a way to be able to exploit that, and I think that's their only path to victory.
3: Also, on Dalvin Cook, the Vikings have had virtually no run game for the first two games. I wonder if they're regretting that decision.
1: I don't Fumble. think so. No, I, I'm telling you, I don't think so because I think they're doing a sneaky. They're regretting rebuild. it
2: with Alex Madison fumbling the ball all the time. Yeah. They might be regretting that part. I think they. I'm telling you,
1: I am convinced the Vikings realized a year ago. We're not winning a Super Bowl anytime soon.
3: After they won 13 games. Yes,
1: and did a rebuild on the fly without telling anybody. Coming up, we ask a former GM if it's too early to start second-guessing the Bears for trading away the number one pick. That's next. It's on like on ESPN Radio. Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN
1: Radio. Nothing can stop the Eagles.
3: They're all the way up.
1: <laughs> there you go, Smalls. It's on Sportsman like on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Tune in for college football action tomorrow night as Florida hosts Tennessee. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Well, we made him take his hat and sunglasses off for this conversation. <laughs> Mike Tannenbaum joins us. He is the former GM, of course, of the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets ESPN NFL analyst. Mike, let's start with last night's game. The Justin Jefferson fumble forward into the end zone, resulting in a touchback, giving the ball to the opposition. We have said we believe that is the worst rule
5: in football. Is it? And if not, what is? Yeah, I'm with you guys. And it was hugely consequential. That was a 10-point swing. Minnesota was just about to take control of the game. And he's just reaching out to the pylon. And to me, that at worst should be Philly's ball, you know, inside the two-yard line, and maybe Minnesota could hold him there. But, boy, that was a massive swing. And then credit Philly to hit that 61-yard field goal. But I I think it's a terrible rule, Evan.
3: Mike T, we want to bring you in on another conversation we've been having this morning especially, but over the last few days, about Kirk Cousins. If he continues to perform well this season and the Vikings continue to lose, could you see the rare scenario in which the Vikings might trade Kirk Cousins in season?
5: Yeah, Michelle, um, I think that's something that could certainly happen. We were just talking about that with Dan Graziano and, and Greeny, which is he's in the last year of his contract, and the New York Jets obviously desperately need a quarterback right now. And the irony is a recent example of this was when, unfortunately, Teddy Bridgewater had that catastrophic practice injury. They needed a quarterback. They went out and got Sam Bradford from the Eagles of all teams, and that accelerated Carson Wentz getting on the field. So – um He is certainly a name to me that lines up because Kevin O'Connell wasn't there when they acquired him. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to get him to where they want to go ultimately. So I I think as the weeks go on here, cousins to the Jets makes a ton of sense. Talking with ESPN front office insider Mike
2: Tannebaum on Sportsmanlike. And Mike... Justin Fields in week one didn't necessarily cover himself in glory going up against a division rival in the Green Bay Packers. Now, I know you've been vocal about the Bears' decision to trade the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft and stay with Justin Fields. Now, a byproduct of them trading that pick is that they do have the Carolina Panthers' number one pick in 2024. Do you think that it makes sense for the Chicago Bears to consider – using that draft capital that they have in next year's draft to take a quarterback, given what we're seeing from Justin Fields or the body of
5: work so far? Possibly. Um, and we still have a little ways to go here, Chris, but they're going to have to make a more fundamental decision about what they're going to do with the fifth-year option. Um, this is his third season. so and, and and I've been very vocal about, I think, Bryce Young will be better than Justin Fields. That wasn't necessarily a knock on Justin Fields. I just think... Bryce Young has a chance to be really, really good. I think Justin Fields will play better than what we're seeing here than he did last week against Green Bay. Um, I think DJ Moore will be a consequential addition. Very disappointing in Chase Claypool. So I think it's still a little bit too soon, but I do like the fact that when the Bears decide to move on, having that extra first-round pick... May make the difference between getting Drake, Drake May, Caleb Williams, or or somebody else. And, and that's the part that I wanted to
2: ask you, Mike, because as a general manager, you're, you're forward thinking. It's about two or three years down the road, not just the upcoming season. So looking at Ryan Pohl's calculated decision, I mean, could you see a scenario where they end up all the better for making the choice to trade the number one overall pick? this past draft for a top five pick this year given the quarterback class in 2024 in comparison to the class that came out in 2023.
5: Yeah, that's totally fair. Next year is absolutely low to Caleb Williams, um, obviously Drake May. Shador Sanders, I I watched all 90 of his past attempts. He's a top 10 pick. I mean, we could talk about the job that Deion Sanders has done, but when you just break down Shador Sanders as a player and a prospect – it's outstanding. His accuracy, anticipation is great. Riley Leonard from Duke, I like a lot. J.J. McCarthy, I'm, I'm contractually obligated since I'm already paying an <laughs> obscene amount of money to Ann Arbor to talk about Michigan. But there are a handful of guys. I, I think we're looking at five, maybe six first-round quarterbacks. When you think about Quinn Ewers as well. So, yeah, if you look at the job Ryan Poles did, if you come out of this with D.J. Moore and one of those quarterbacks, if Justin Fields doesn't work out, that's really a good move by him.
1: Mike, Chargers and Titans play this weekend. More likely to happen first. Brandon Staley, first head coach fired in season, or Ryan Tannehill, your former quarterback of Miami, first QB bench this season?
5: Yeah, I would say probably the latter. I, I, I think the Chargers are just too talented. I, I can't see them losing. so something's some really shocked me last week. Uh, the Rams going to Seattle winning, but the Chargers, you know, I'm not surprised that the Dolphins won, but I'm shocked that Tua wasn't sacked at least once without Terran Armstead and that uh, defensive front of the Chargers. So, it is getting late early for Brian Staley, who I think is a really good coach. So, if you ask me, I think Malik Willis or uh, Will Levis would be on the field uh, for the Titans at some point.
3: Mike, we had this conversation earlier in the week. As we get things rolling in Week 2, what's one thing that you know for sure and one question that you have that you want to see answered in Week 2?
5: I want to see the Giants offensive line play better. They're playing a really good Cardinal defense that played the Commanders all the way to the end. So, I... That is a big question mark to me, is can the right side of the Giants' offensive line a hold up? And I'm sure that the uh, Bengals are going to win. I think they're just way too talented, Michelle. I think what happened last week was really aberrational, I believe, in Cincinnati. And I think they're going to bounce back with a big win this week. Mike, how important is this Week 2 matchup against the Raiders for Josh Allen? Huge. I, I thought it was unacceptable what happened the end night. I'm shocked, Chris, that somebody, Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, Sean McDermott, said, Hey, Josh. We are playing Zach Wilson. We are not playing Aaron Rodgers. We all went into the game thinking like, hey, this is a heavyweight fight. Allen against Rodgers, last man with the ball is going to win, can't wait. But when you knew that he went out, the only way you're going to lose that game is if you turn the ball over. And I'm just disappointed that Josh Allen at this point in his career, as we're watching you know, one force throw after the other here, continued to make horrible decisions. And... I just, uh, I just didn't think we would be seeing that. So this is a really important game for the Bills. You don't want to go 0-2, especially with two losses in the conference.
1: So here's what happened just now. Mike Tannebaum, former GM, Dolphins and Jets, ESPN front office insider. The Parcells in him just came out. He got <laughs> so mad just now at all of the turnovers that he starts pounding the mic because he can't even <laughs> reason with himself that somebody so good like Josh Allen could make that many mistakes. You just became your mentor, Bill Parcells, did you not? Is that why you guys
5: have me in timeout here? Like, I thought I could go in and join you guys. You know, when I'm on get up, I get rolled into the corner with Greeny with the Rodgers thing. I'm in the closet next to you guys. I can't even, you know, enjoy my, you know a little cup of coffee here with you guys in the studio. So I guess you just have me in timeout, Evan. Yeah, well that's it, uh, Mike. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. All right,
1: thanks guys. All right, there's Mike Tannenbaum. You see what happens when football people think about turnovers? Yep. They start beating up the microphone because it is so frustrating for them. Coming up, did Jordan love make you a believer after week one we'll get to that next it's done sportsman like on espn radio
2: for the ones who get it done Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer call click or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done passion drive and patience
1: Yes, it is time for four downs brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy, it's simple. Go to geico.com to get a rate quote and get started to see how much you can save. First down. All right, Packers and Falcons, 1 p.m. Eastern game on Sunday. Small CC. Has Jordan Love already made you a believer after week one?
3: I'm believing. And maybe that's short-sighted of me because it's such a small sample size, but it was a statement win over the Bears. Jordan Love, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Right now, it's hard to not believe that they've found yet another great quarterback to take over in Green Bay. Uh,
2: I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm almost there. I'm almost there. The The only thing is, they didn't ask Jordan Love to do a lot when it came to throwing the ball beyond 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. That's the part that I want to see more from. From Jordan Love, like, can you push the ball down the field? On the pass attempts that he did have, that, that, he looked look pretty sharp. But we're talking about a guy that had no pass attempts where your air yards are going over uh, 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. I think there was only one. So, I mean, that's the part where I want to see development from. But he did have the touchdown ball on the fade to Romeo Dobbs. He put that ball only where his receiver could make a play right over the helmet of the defender. That's the way that they teach it. So this guy is taking what he's learning from the practice field, Matt LaFleur, to the actual games. That's a good sign for a young quarterback.
1: Here's why I'm a believer in Jordan Love. I'm a big blind faith guy. Who earns that blind faith? What organization? What person? I went on our great station in Atlantic City, South Jersey, yesterday, 97.3 ESPN there with Mike Gill. And we were talking about Howie Roseman, general manager of the Eagles. And he was all the injuries. And I said, well, I'm a blind faith guy in that guy because he's going to figure it out. I'm a blind faith guy with the Packers organization, at the quarterback position. Look at what they've done. From Favre to Rodgers, now to Love. I believe in it. Believe in it.
0: Second down.
1: All right, Smalls, you've been all over. This is a sneaky storyline. Are you confident in Geno Smith being as good this year as he was last year? Seahawks at Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday.
3: I really want to be. I really want to be confident in Geno Smith. He had a great season last year. What do he say? They wrote me off. He didn't write back, though. Yep. But that's the outlier. Last season was the outlier in his career. And I expected the Seahawks to be much better, have a much better performance than they did in week one. So as of right now, no, I'm not confident that Geno Smith is the guy that we saw last year.
2: Oh, uh, Uh, I'm still confident that Geno Smith is the guy. What happened in that third quarter was an outlier. He lost both his starting tackles. He lost Tyler Lockett. That's when things went downhill. That's why they only had one first down in the second half, only had 12 yards of total offense. That is a different offense when their offensive line is holding. Geno Smith has his full array of weapons at his disposal. So I'm still buying into Geno Smith. I think that Seahawks offense just has to get healthy.
1: I'm not, and here's why. I thought the Seahawks, really well-run organization. John Schneider, Pete Carroll have been good for a long period of time. Again, blind faith. They deserve the blind faith. But here's what I don't like that they did last year. You had a top five pick in the draft by way of trade because of the Russell Wilson deal, and you were good. I would have taken a quarterback in that spot. I would have found a way to get a quarterback, trade it up. When's the next time you're going to have a top five pick? You had a perfect transition plan. If anyone would know how to hand it off to a younger quarterback, it's Gino. He knows he overachieved last year, and he's got the job. They extend him. I would have drafted a quarterback behind him. They didn't do that. They took Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback, out of Illinois. Sorry, Smalls. Uh, I didn't like that. I'm not a believer in Gino long term. I agree. I think last year was the outlier year for Gino.
0: Third down.
1: All right, and I guess I have to ask this as a Russell Wilson believer. <laughs> uh, commanders at the Broncos, 425 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. The Broncos lose. Are you guys sounding the alarm for Russell Wilson?
3: Are you suggesting that you're not?
1: I am suggesting that, <laughs>
3: After what we saw last year, and I know, I'm going I know down Evan, swinging. no turnovers in week one. I'm going
1: down swinging, baby. But Let's go, go.
3: Didn't you expect more from Russell Wilson, more of a statement from yeah, him in week one? Right after that everything up. that happened last season, everything that happened in the offseason. He was one of the main storylines heading into this football season. And we did not get an emphatic response from him. If it's worst or on par in week two, I think everybody's going to be wondering about Russell Wilson's future.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's checked out Charlie. I mean, he only... Had- had five completions beyond 10 yards from the line of scrimmage when it comes to air yards, and this is a guy that had as many targets to his running backs as he did his wide receivers. You're not going to put up a lot of points on the offensive side of the ball doing that. As a matter of fact, in his 16 starts as a Denver Broncos quarterback, he's only had, what, five games where the team has scored more than 16 points? At some point, you got to push the ball down the field in order to score in this league. Passing has never been easier, and Russell Wilson is supposed to be a quarterback that's Hall of Fame worthy. You got to show up and prove that with the productivity with your offense, being able to light up the scoreboard. Yeah,
1: I'm still not giving up on him. At some point, I will acknowledge, he's got to help me out here. He's like I'm trying to help him more than he's helping me right <laughs> help now. Me I, don't, I, don't you? know help, yeah. I don't know if he's going to help.
2: I don't know if he's going to help you out against that commander's pass rush.
1: But you agree? I'm helping him. I'm supporting him every day on unsportsmanlike nationally. <laughs> really so are. Russ, if you want a place to come on, because we've already been told you're not going to get Mahomes on. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We're working on it's it. It's going to happen.
2: You are caping for Russell Wilson though.
3: I'm the you only are, one. You are
2: caping for Russell I'm the Wilson. only one.
3: Question, if he didn't have Wisconsin ties, would oh, you would be? That would be a little different. I'm just saying, <laughs> would you be standing? Would, would this be the hill that you're it willing to die It doesn't hurt
1: on? that I'm a graduate of the University of Wisconsin and he went to my school. Or maybe I went to his school, probably. <laughs> yeah. Although I went there longer, four to one. Just throwing that out okay. there. All right, fourth down.
0: Fourth down.
1: Which rookie QB, Colts to Texans this weekend, guys, 1 p.m. Eastern, which rookie QB is in a better position right now, Anthony Richardson with Indy or C.J.
2: Stroud with Houston? I want to say C.J. Stroud because of the offensive line in front of him. But, man, Anthony Richardson looked great against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Didn't he look good? He had full command. It wasn't too big for him. I get that there are some accuracy issues when it comes to those intermediate and deep throws. But the guy has all of the physical traits that you're looking for. And if all else fails, he can use his legs to get himself out of trouble. That was a one-possession game up until the end of the third quarter against a team that we're saying has the potential to be in the AFC championship game. So, yeah – I'm bullish on Anthony Richardson, and it's really not because of what's around him. It's more so because of the talent that he's shown on full display in week one.
3: I'm with you. I'm rolling with Anthony Richardson as well. I know C.J. Stroud had 28 completions. Zero touchdowns, though. He was also sacked five times, which is more than any single game, in his 25 starts with Ohio State. Yeah. So, welcome to the NFL, C.J. Life
2: comes at you fast. Welcome
3: to being a a high draft pick on a bad team.
1: Here's the thing. Anthony Richardson feels like one of these guys It's either going to be a top five quarterback his entire career or... Yeah, not a smart pick at number four overall. He feels more extreme because it's not like he had like this great track record at Florida. He played for a minute at Florida, it yeah. feels like. So I want to believe in Richardson more than Stroud. It just feels hard to do. Like, you really have to go all in on saying, oh, Richardson's going to be the guy. The Colts saw something that other teams did not. They drafted him higher than other teams would have. He's going to be that guy. A reminder, four downs brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy, simple, go to... Geico.com to get a rate quote and get started seeing how much you could save. By the way, just one quick story. We do four downs. Yeah, I had a high school game where I came over to the sidelines as a high school quarterback after a failed fourth down, and my coach called the play. I said, Coach, there's not only four downs, not five. Mm. So I'm putting it on my coach now as well, to why I was terrible.
2: Well, it sounds like you had a Tom Brady at the Chicago Bears moment, right? When he thought there were five thousand, and it was only
3: four. You just made his life, CeCe, yeah, because you compared I, him I to, compared Tom it to Tom Brady. I didn't even
1: pick up on
2: that. Good point, Smalls. Thank you. I have the issue of retraction with four downs. I actually made a mistake on Jordan Love. Uh, he's at, he was three of six with passes of ten yards or more downfield. I just want to put that it, out yeah, there. It we right. got to make sure we give the right information.
3: We're legit. We, we oh, pride we text- ourselves on having show integrity. So
2: the points still remains the same i need to see him push the ball down the field more <laughs> but i just want to give jordan love his credit we yeah.
1: okay well if we're gonna do that i don't know what i said for rate quote i might have said date quote or so i don't know what i just said <laughs> quote that's what i'm saying with what, Geico. what are you talking about i said a rate
2: quote but i think i said date quote if we're gonna do the yeah. i heard rate quote okay i did all right I good. heard rate quote all right good as long yeah, as there's as long nobody else to say the why. do way. you
3: quote date like if you when you guys were dating back in the game did you expect it to be a certain amount of money before you went out on the date what did you, you have? Did you have like a, a general sum in mind? Like, okay, if we go out, we get dinner. It's going to cost me X amount of dollars. Oh yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't have, I that,
2: didn't have that in mind, mind. mind. But I, I mean, if you're going to go out and order market price for things, this is probably going to be a situation where this is the last time I'm taking you out on a date. Because there's variables, there.
3: right? You don't know how many cocktails you're going to have. I just wonder if guys. It's a are, lot of pr-
2: it's a lot of pressure. You in look at it the it's other a lot one? of pressure in planning a first date That's for a guy. There's a lot of pressure. Oh God, Frutal. I can't Frutal. imagine. All the pressure is on you, especially if you're
3: excited.
1: What about the other way? Do you have that? Like if a if someone asks you on a date right yeah. and I guess we could ask our wives as well like and if we ask them on a date and it's not at a good enough place like oh, oh, we're, go- oh we're going th- that that's where we're going Oh okay. Uh, you know, actually, I, I broke my arm. I didn't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to go to Atlanta for a Friday wedding. Oh, I got I to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, hypothetically, uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you look at it that way? Is there like a level or or if even if it's not a fancy place, like oh, well, that would mean something to Smalls because that place has St. Louis barbecue, and she loves St. Louis. You know what yeah, I mean? Is yeah, there- yeah.
3: You you know what the tone of the date is going to be by the restaurant or the. The place that's selected. So the
2: guy puts a cap on himself depending on where he takes you for the first date. Yeah. So if the first date is at Starbucks, this is probably not going to be a situation where y'all are seeing each other long term.
3: He's not viewing this as a serious thing.
2: Got it. If we're going to be- understood. But that's understood. understood. If we're I mean, meeting
3: at Starbucks for coffee, no.
2: It's coffee, mean, walk through the park, no? Yeah.
3: So that's different.
2: That's cuter. I, I, I mean, let's meet at Starbucks, I get a coffee, and Starbucks walk through Central makes Park.
1: I See, the old school of going to a movie is such an interesting thing because you're asking someone out, guy or girl, whoever it is that you're interested in. I don't care. You're asking someone out, and you're saying, let's go to the movies. You're saying, I want to not talk to you.
2: Yeah, that's my signature move. Why? <laughs> no, 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 but listen, that Starbucks listen, is actually better. There would be people that I would want to go on a date on, but I don't I have any – Interest in talking to? I you got got you. So let's you. go to the movies. So you know what That, he's is, saying. A sing- that is a signature move. He he's that that saying without saying That is a Canty signature move. He
3: is saying, let's sit in the dark next to one another, not say a word, and let the tension build. You that is? That's
2: what I call foreplay. <laughs> okay. Here's
1: what it is. Hey, phrasing! Canty doesn't want to be the game analyst. He just wants to do the post-game show. You know there what I'm <laughs> saying? The game is the movie. The post-game show. But
2: but see, my success rate depends on the game plan and me executing that's it. It's like football. You just gotta have a good game plan and then go execute. Yeah, but
1: you know you're counting down the minutes. Can we get to these credits already? I know, I, know what, I know what the post game show is gonna look like. Uh,
2: how ugly? No, it I don't know, and that's why You want to know. know what the post
1: game show? You want you want everybody in there for the post game show to know what's
6: going on. Wow! How ugly wow. get with Buffalo.
1: Have the Bills missed their window? We'll get to that next on Sportsman like on ESPN Radio.
6: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around.
4: This
0: is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2, ESPNU. You can listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country. ESPN app, SiriusXM channel. 80. So what have we learned so far today? We have learned that uh if you're in the Colorado Colorado State game, you can't wear a hat and sunglasses yeah, per uh, Jay Norvell, the head coach of Colorado State. And we've learned that in the Eagles' win last night over the Minnesota Vikings, we saw the worst rule in the NFL, the fumble forward out of the end zone resulting in a touchback. We're going to learn if Josh Allen continues to have a problem this weekend, the Bills and the Raiders coming off of Monday Night Football where Buffalo – Blew a game to the New York Jets where Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing in the game. Completely inexcusable. I don't care how good the Jets' defense is. I don't care where the game is. If you have Super Bowl aspirations and you're playing any team in the NFL and their starting quarterback gets hurt, you need to then win that game. You, especially four plays in. You have to win if you're the Buffalo Bills. And Josh Allen has a problem. He turns the ball over constantly. He's going up against the Raiders at home this weekend. And if he does not have a dominant game... All of the attention on Monday is on Josh Allen. If he turns the ball over, how about this? I'll make a statement. If Josh Allen turns the ball over more than once on Sunday, barring something unforeseen, he could be the biggest story in the NFL on Monday morning.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that's where everybody is looking at. I mean, the Buffalo Bills are a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The Raiders are traveling from west to east. That's a one-o'clock kickoff. All of the advantages are in Josh Allen in the Bills' favor. If for whatever reason they end up coming up small, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. The heat gets turned up on Sean McDermott and Ken Dorsey, and then all of a sudden you've got to deal with a potential explosive situation between Josh Allen and wide receiver Stephon Diggs. So, I mean, there's a lot at stake for the Buffalo Bills. This is a team that has dominated the AFC East. For the last four years, they've had four consecutive double-digit win seasons, and now their season has gotten off to an ominous start. Because let's be clear, even though Aaron Rodgers started the game on Monday Night Football, he only played four snaps. Zach Wilson was the quarterback, and you ended up losing that game. That is not acceptable. And we talk about the Bills blowing that game. To me, that was Josh Allen blowing that game, and he's got to find a way to be able to change that. Also, all of the turnovers, that, that, that can't happen. This is a guy that's led the league in turnovers since he's come into the NFL. And post-Brian Dayball, in 19 games, has had 27 turnovers. you got to find a way to change that if you're Josh Allen because that's the quickest way to give an inferior opponent an opportunity to win a game in your building.
3: 84 turnovers in 78 games is the most in the NFL since his debut in 2018. It's been historically a huge problem for him. And I'm with you, CC, To have Aaron Rodgers go out in the manner that he did after four snaps, the air was sucked out of that room. If you're the Buffalo Bills, that's when you exert your dominance. Everybody's been talking about the Jets this offseason and in the preseason. Your quarterback's out. We're going to show you why we're still the tops of this division. And then you go out and lose the game. And if you're Josh Allen, the guy who's supposed to be leading that charge, and supposed to be changing the narrative about you and the turnovers? You turn the ball over four times? You just can't do that. You can't have it.
2: No, and to your point, DJ Reed, the quarterback for the Jets, admitted that when Rodgers went down, that defense was shook. Yeah, of course. That was your opportunity, if you're Josh Allen, to take control of that game. And the fact that you didn't shows me that you're not an elite quarterback. You're not somebody that's going to dictate the complexion of the game. You're not going to impose your will on the other team's defense. And that, that's the part that's got to be a bit scary because he has all of the physical tools. It's just a matter of the six inches between his ears. And it felt like when Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator, that was a lot less of a problem. This is a guy going back in 2020 that had 45 total touchdowns to only 10 interceptions. It feels like we're so far away from that now, and I don't know how Josh Allen gets back to that version of himself.
1: Well, you just said something. You said if, he, if this is him, he's not an elite quarterback. Because my, my critique of him is that he's a franchise quarterback, but I don't, I don't trust him in a big moment. I understand why most of the teams in the league would want him as their quarterback, obviously, but I could never put him on the same level as Mahomes and Burrow. When you're saying he's not an elite quarterback, or he may not be an elite quarterback, explain that. Who is elite versus him not well, being elite?
2: Well, it's, it's clear who's elite. It's Patrick Mahomes, it's Joe Burrow. To me, that's the list, draw a line, and then there are other quarterbacks that fall under it. I think you get to that next tier, where it's Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, and if you want to go that way, Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen is in the tail end of that tier, And so you thought that he had the opportunity to graduate or evolve into being that third quarterback definitively after Burrow and Mahomes, and it feels like he's moving further and further away from that. And so that's that's the part that I don't understand. The Buffalo Bills have a top-flight defense. They've addressed the offensive line. They've got weapons on the field for them. They drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round. They've got James Cook, who was explosive on Monday night. They've got Stephon Diggs. It's not as if Josh Allen doesn't have pieces around him to help him be successful. It's just that this guy continues to make mistakes at the most inopportune times. And elite quarterbacks just don't do that.
1: So you just gave your, your tier list just off the top of your head there, and you said that, that Mahomes and Burrow are on that top one, and then Allen's on the backside of that second one. If you had to say, Josh Allen, closer to wherever you rank Tua or closer to wherever you rank Mahomes?
2: Oh my gosh! I'd have to say closer to where we would rank Tua. Although right now I would have Tua in front of Josh Allen. How could you not? After what we've seen from Tua last year, and then what we're seeing from him, what we saw from him in Week One. How is Tua not in that conversation? I mean, this guy is going to be, you know, an MVP candidate if he can stay healthy, just because of what the offense is, the scheme that's around him, and the personnel. So. Yeah, I mean, right now it's crazy to say it, but if I've got one game that I've got to try to win, I want two out there well, over Josh Allen.
1: But CeCe, it makes sense because what you're saying to everybody is, I don't care how good you can be if I can see how bad you could be. Mm. And so it's it doesn't matter how high your ceiling is, if your floor drops to that level where you're turning the ball over, I can't take
2: that risk. No, right, I, I mean, that's kind of what no, you're saying. No, I'm with you, but I guess people are looking at it a uh, 17-game regular season. Can Tua stay healthy? I don't know. Understood. I know Josh Allen is going to be there just because of the way that he's built. But his and floor is too shown. low. His floor is too low. His floor low. is low, and so that begs the question of whether or not you can win a championship with him as your franchise quarterback. I, I don't know. He got you to the AFC championship game, so it feels like it's a ridiculous conversation to have to say that you were one of the final four teams once upon a time. But if he turns the ball over at this rate, they're not getting back to the AFC Championship game, at least not with this core of players. It might take some time for the Buffalo Bills to retool this thing if Josh Allen continues to be the player that we've seen. We've heard talk all offseason about how he was going to change his game, how he was going to protect himself more, not not throw his body (laughs) around, (laughs) protect the ball more. We haven't seen it. Think about it, on a mundane third and 13 in the first quarter, this guy scrambles for seven yards and decides to swan dive between two defenders. It's absolutely ridiculous. The two-minute drill at the end of the game, he's running and he's sliding for a pickup of five yards where it does them no good in terms of advancing the ball for a field goal try to tie it. There are so many situations where he makes the unnecessary plays because he's trying to make the wow plays. Sometimes you just got to take the layups. And I think that's the part that Brian Dable did a good job of managing with Josh. And Ken Dorsey and Sean McDermott have to find a way to get him back to that.
1: Yeah, I, I think that where we're going with this in terms of how low that floor is for him is the dangerous part. Looking back on it, and I'm a, I am like Ken Dorsey, but they may have considered or should have considered paying a lot of money to get Bill O'Brien, or somebody who could get in his face and say, I'm going to take you out if you turn the <laughs> ball over. Coming up, even in a win, could there be concern about the Eagles? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and
4: Michelle.